It doesn't stack up. It, that's one of the best songs on the album, and I still think you can tell that that's quite... It's, it's almost a bit undeveloped, but that's a, that would be probably my joint favourite track on the album. Fetch the Bolt Cutters and Heavy Balloon by Fiona Apple. I'd only give that a 6.5 out of 10. It's just too underdeveloped and um, a little bit monotonous. Now, I said I was going to play a tra- two tracks from each of eight feature albums on the show. I lied. Because I want to do a full review of The Gentleman, because I feel like I should. Now... Um, Guy Ritchie, I agree with the uh, reviewer that said, is the worst major film director continually getting work. I certainly think he ranks alongside M. Night Shyamalan as um, the, the, the guy that gets the most inexplicable work. Um, I've hated his career so much. Uh, Lockstock and Snatch, when they came out, I actually interviewed um, Nick Moran, the star of um, Lockstock, on release for a magazine in Perth. And I, I, you know, I really enjoyed watching it um, and I thought that it was a bit cringy and not a very well-made film. Um, he, he, made, he made those gangster films and a lot more like it that were like Jamie Oliver making cookie shows. It was like this mockney, like, Gita, and it was so painful. But on the flip side, it was kind of endearing that it was, it was so bad. Um, it was enjoyably bad. Um, and a lot of people love those films, but they ended up being the testament to his, you know, they were the by far the best of those films because the ones that came after, Rock and Roller, Revolver, were terrible, absolutely appalling. And, you know, it's, Quentin Tarantino makes films based on his incredible encyclopedic experience in movies, you know, going back throughout the entire history of, of movies he he has such a deep understanding of and love of movies he is a brilliant writer guy Ritchie just basically saw pulp fiction and wants to make pulp fiction and he's just got, not got the talent he's not got the skill he's nowhere near as good at writing screenplays or characters or dialogue he swe- he puts swearing in it. i hate when people put swearing in and you really notice it because it's just not naturally flowing you know, every film he's made is basically post-Goodfellas, post-Pulp Fiction. And he's made some terrible ones along the way that have been successful. I thought this, I didn't rate the Sherlock Holmes films either, but they were a big success. The rest of his films haven't been. Uh, Cast Away, if you've never seen it, is, is one of the worst films ever made. But then um, he actually topped my poll a couple of years ago with King Arthur, which was one of the worst films I've ever seen a masterclass in atrocious filmmaking on any every level and uh, inexplicable why anyone would have thrown 200 million dollars at Guy Ritchie given his box office performance in many of his other films and his one big film like big Hollywood budget The Avengers was a disaster which I didn't mind actually considering how much I hate all his other films that was probably the one I've liked the most since um, Lock, Stock and Snatch and Lock, Stock and Snatch were very disjointed films they were very episodic and they were cart- filled with cartoon characters they got a little bit more interesting with Snatch that Jason Statham and Brad Pitt and the guy that played Bricktop were more interesting characters more charismatic performances but um, they were just messes and they just existed to have twist after twist and mockney gangsterisms so in a, a fit of pure spite, even though I'd sworn off ever watching a Guy Ritchie film ever again, 
Um, I actually watched The Gentleman, his latest film that came out in January. And the reason I watched it is so I could trash him for 10 minutes on the radio. Um, and that is how petty and childish I am. So I watched it the other night and I have to say I've been as surprised as I've been ever watching a movie, certainly in the last few years. Um, this one is his normal gangster world, you know, London Mockney gangsters. Um, but it's, it's, it's very different. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is in inverted commas the star as an American not a very convincing pot dealer, but a pot dealer that shifts $100 million worth of product. He's like high society, hangs out with lords, hangs out with royalty, all that sort of thing. He's like one of, he's the, the biggest criminal drug dealer in the UK dealing in, in marijuana product. It's a, an industrial operation. He's looking to get out of his operation and sell it. But unfortunately, the fact that he's going to sell it makes his uh, rivals in the underworld think that he's weak and it's an opportunity for them to start picking him off a la the natural order of things, which is immediately a better setup than his normal movies. Um, there's, a, there's a little bit of complexity in this. But the framing of the movie is much more interesting and that is probably two-thirds plus maybe three-quarters of the movie is framed as Hugh Grant being uh, an investigative journalist for the Sun newspaper or its stand-in in this film, who's seeking to run a expose on uh, Matthew McConaughey's character because the editor of the newspaper hates him because he snubbed him at a party once. So the editor of this newspaper has employed Hugh Grant to follow him for months and he's found out all about this deal which is to sell the marijuana business for 400 million dollars to jeremy strong who plays a jewish american gangster who is interested in buying it and the whole virtually the whole movie is hugh grant sitting with charles charlie hunnam now charlie hunnam i think must be a freemason because the amount of films he gets in and i've had a very up and down relationship with charlie hunnam films um, I really liked, for the first time, him in Lost City of Z, which I think is a brilliant film and he gave a brilliant performance in. Most of the other times, I think he's been a very clunky, perfunctory actor who hasn't got a lot of skill as an actor. But he keeps turning up in everything. I thought he was the weak, you know, the weak link in the um, Sons of Anarchy. I thought, he, next to Ron Perlman, certainly. Um, he's the consigliere of Matthew McConaughey's character. He does, he's his right-hand man. He looks after the business. He does everything for him. Also lives in a, a palatial mansion. And Hugh Grant, at the start of the movie, appears in his flat, in his, in his mansion, in his lounge room, saying, you know, I'm here to um, get you to pay me £20 million. And obviously Charlie Hunnam's like, get stuffed, get out, I know who you are, blah, blah, blah. And then he spins a shaggy dog story, which for the film's benefit lasts for almost the duration of the movie, where he details layer upon layer of how he understands the business this guy has in depth to such a degree that it ends up being worth $20 million to have him, one, not run the expose, two, not scupper this $400 million deal, and towards the end of it to provide them with information because basically as soon as he announces this deal um, the guy's wife who's played by Michelle Dockery of um, 
Downton Abbey fame. She says to him, as soon as you say that you're going to sell a business, all the wolves are going to start circling because they're going to think you're weak. So you've got to be sure to be twice as strong. And that's pretty much what happens. Um, it, there's a, a domino effect, as it's called in the film, where one of his um, pot farms gets raided uh, for the very first time by a bunch of scallywags. And then things get worse from there. There's uh, an unfortunate death involving um, some very high-class kids. Uh, and all these little things keep happening to his business as he tries to push through this deal to Jeremy Strong's uh, American gangster, uh, uh, who's well aware of what's going on. It's a Long Good Friday setup, and it definitely has nods to Long Good Friday, where Bob Hoskins' character is trying to get these Americans on board for a multi-million dollar deal, but his business is being attacked while he's trying to do it. Very similar setup. Now, this film surprised me on multiple levels. For the first one, it was that I enjoyed it virtually the whole way through, which I can never say about a Guy Ritchie film. The things that really stood out for me here, for a start, I mean, Matthew McConaughey is usually the best in show in any film he's in. I thought he was perfunctory here. I wasn't 100% convinced by his character. Um, he's perfectly fine. He's good whenever he's on screen. But whenever Hugh Grant, who is um, almost awards-worthy, whenever he's on the screen, Charlie Hunnam, who's brilliant in this, excellent, and um, Colin Farrell, whenever those three are on the screen... It's wonderful to watch. And they're on the screen for 80% of the film. Whenever they're talking, it's really great. And the fact that they focus on Hugh Grant telling this shaggy dog story that gradually reveals layers of the business as a method of explaining the plot is actually really clever and well done and very useful. And it focuses the film, unlike Guy Ritchie films in the past, where it's been one episode followed by another episode followed by another episode. This has a straight-through narrative, which I thought was very, very good. The other things that I was really surprised about, it's, I think it is a better film overall than Snatch or Lockstock. It's much more sophisticated. Things I would never have thought he was capable of as a writer and a director this film is more sophisticated in its um, the Charlie Hunnam, Colin Farrell, and particularly the Hugh Grant characters are pretty classy, and their interactions actually carry some weight and are less cartoonish than any film I've seen in Guy Ritchie make before, which I was really surprised about. It has its flaws undoubtedly, and it loses the plot a bit towards the end, but by that stage, and gets all messy, and there's too many twists and convolutions and I wasn't really convinced by the final 10 minutes and some of the things that happened. But by then, it, it, for me, it already really crossed. It's almost like it limps over the finish line to being an actually really good film. And I was I was prepared to give it a bit of leeway for, for sort of getting a bit bogged down in the end. Um, Hugh Grant is magnificent as a, an odorous journalist. You can almost have a shower after spending five minutes with a guy but his level of uh, intelligence in, in gradually spooling out his story to bolster his case is excellent. Charlie Hunnam's character would seem to be a non-entity next to the Matthew McConaughey one, but he wipes the floor with him as far as being an interesting creation. 
And Colin Farrell is the local gym guy. Is, is really strong and charismatic and entertaining. All of those three characters are much more deeply written than normal caricatures that you see in Guy Ritchie films. Even the music, which, I mean, Baby Driver for me was like the epitome of a bad Guy Ritchie film, uh, which came out to huge, inexplicable acclaim. It wasn't by Guy Ritchie, but it may as well have been. Um, that soundtrack on that was lauded, but it was such obvious song choices, and Guy Ritchie is very guilty of filling his films with rock music like Goodfellas, like Pulp Fiction, just not having the taste. Well, the, even the music soundtrack on this film is actually really good, and there are actually some choices where I thought, oh, what's that track? Who's that artist? Which I would never have expected in a Guy Ritchie film. So everyone in it is pretty good. I tell you what, those three characters are brilliant. Half of the rest are terrible, um, very poorly written, and it, the films come under fire for racism. It's inexplicably racist. The treatment of uh, Chinese-oriented or South Southern Asian-oriented characters in it is very problematic to the point where your, your jaw almost hits the floor. Like, there is a level of racism in this film. And having a Jewish gangster who is treated very much as a Jew and very much as a Jewish merchant and who, in the end, is required to cut off a pound of flesh is jaw-dropping i just like the, there is definitely inherent racism in this film which is a it's a massive worry i don't know where that came from but it is it is often quite racist and the and the side characters are often useless but it doesn't matter because most of the film is those main characters and they're brilliant um i didn't think it overedged i thought it was relatively well paced and relatively well made and the soundtrack was surprisingly good even if using Cannes' Vitamin C, one of my all-time favourite songs, has now stretched to about six or seven TV shows or films. It's everywhere. But the other choices, I was actually quite taken aback by. And they uses, um, there's a great version of uh, the uh, an ODB track in there as well by a UK act, and some grime crops up, and some more off-the-wall 1970s singer-songwriters than I would ever expect to see in a Guy Ritchie film. McConaughey is probably not as strong out of the four main characters. He's probably the weaker, but he's still fine. Um, and you do spend almost the whole movie with Charlie Hunnam and Hugh Grant, and their conversations are brilliant. Um, so it's it's it, it shows a level of maturity and sophistication I didn't think that Guy Ritchie possessed at all. I would never be able to represent on screen. So I'm going to hesitate to say that this is probably Guy Ritchie's best film. Um, and it, yeah, it does kind of fall down, but entertainment wise, I really enjoyed it. And I would, I'm the last person on earth that would, uh, enjoy a Guy Ritchie film. So I am going to give this an eight out of 10, which I'm shocked by. Um, I don't know why or where this came from, but an eight out of 10 for Guy Ritchie, going back to the trope that made his name should have been a reductive force. Um, but he's actually shown a new maturity in making movies with it. So 8 out of 10 for The Gentleman. What a surprise. Will I get through the last two? This is Skeptic Chip and Young Ads and a brilliant MIA sample. Uh